Welcome to the CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty-gritty and provide insights into issues affecting the property industry. I'm Danny Drummond-Brassington, and today I'm joined by Claire Thomas, a partner in the real estate team at CMS UK. Welcome, Claire. Hi, Danny. Claire, you've been responsible for the thought leadership pieces over the last five years. Last year, you took a look at PropTech. This year, you've chosen offices in a report called Smart, Healthy and Agile. What made offices stand out for you this year? Well, it was really interesting. Last year, as you said, we looked at PropTech and that got some great feedback and some really interesting themes emerged around how we use our buildings and how that's impacted by technology. So we really wanted to look at some of those in a bit more depth. And then, of course, we had our own merger six months ago and we brought everyone under one roof at Cannon Place. So to do that, we had to create our own workplace strategy. So we really wanted to use our own experience of creating our own new office and apply that to the research. So how do you think our experience of of the move influenced the research and the questions that were asked? It definitely did. So, for instance... We It was open plan for the first time for some of us, certainly at Navarro. So we were really interested to know how other people wanted to work, what sort of spaces they wanted to work in. Did people still want to be in offices? Or was there now a general acceptance that we'd move to a different type of working? Um, that was an interesting point that I saw in the report about the type of working and the working environment depended on the, the age profile of yes. the people you asked. Um, is it something that the, the over 50s or something like 23% would yeah. hate hot desking, whereas if you were in the 18 to 35-year-olds, they were over 50% wanted to do yeah. that. I mean, what were your thoughts around that? Well, that's something that was new for the report this year, that we, in, we always do research within the real estate sector. So we have... We had 350 respondents to the survey that we did on real estate professionals. But this year we did something new and we actually asked a 1,000 office workers what they wanted from their office and we were able to split that um, sample of office workers up into generation. So we And it's the first time that we've actually got three different generations in the workplace who, of course, all want really different things. And at the moment, maybe within our workplace, we you know, baby boomers are still quite dominant in in sort of senior positions. But by 2025, 75% of the workforce are going to be millennials. So they're really starting to shape what they want from work. And another really interesting thing was 60% of millennials would like to work from public space. They don't even want to be working in the office, whereas 26% of baby boomers like to be at their desk. There's a very there's a very sort of different approach to the generations to how they want to work. So that's that's incredible, you know, to think that by twenty twenty five, seventy five percent of people in offices are going to be the millennials. How do you think that's going to change our office environment? You talked about working in in um, open areas and not actually in an office, but you, there will always need to be an office of sorts. How do you think that's going to impact? Well, that's what was really interesting. Another thing we did was interview some industry experts. So we interviewed people from Lendlease, AXA, Landsec. And they're all, of course, starting to think about their developments and how to future-proof them. 
And something that came up in the interview with Lendlease is how they've actually changed their strategy to now think more about the actual environment that the building's in and not just the building itself. So development is more about the public space, the public realm around the actual office now rather than just the office itself. So do you see, based on the research that was done, do you see that in the future the actual desk space that people are going to be having is going to be smaller than maybe the collaboration zones, the coffee shops downstairs? It's called a coppice now. A coffice, right. When you right. look from That's a coffee shop, it's a coffice, <laughs> apparently, which I think is horrible. But that is the new buzzword. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to take off. <laughs> no. Um, you, you're a property lawyer. One of the things that came out of the report is about the flexibility and people like Joe Burrett of Google who have got some of the most flexible office space in, in London at the moment talk about flexibility being the absolute um, ideal, what everybody is looking for. The, your survey also said that 94% of people thought that the demand for co-working space would grow over the next 12 months. The property industry can be quite slow and actual leases that are granted and the terminology that's used can be quite slow. Do you think that there's a big shift got to happen in your standard institutional lease to allow this flexibility to come in? Absolutely. And in fact, we interviewed the office group um, and, you know, we work and various other disruptors in this market and their view is very much that unless traditional landlords can adjust what they're offering to tenants, then you know they are going to fall behind. And of course, that's worrying for us as real estate lawyers because we're very attached to our institutional lease. But we are already seeing some lease provisions softening around alienation to now allow for, you know, it used to be just group sharing, but now we are starting to see service office provisions coming into normal alienation provisions in leases. And what about pets in offices? Yeah, well, we acted on the purchase of the WeWork building in more, more Place, and we acted on that last year. And when I did the site inspection, I did come across a couple of dogs there. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed dogs no, yet in our office, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so clearly, there's got to be some flexibility on the horizon in Absolutely. the least terms um, to to allow to allow all of this. Can I move on to talk about offices as happy and healthy environments? And there've been a number of different ratings coming on. We've heard about the Wired Scored, which looks at the connect- connectivity, and your report talks about a Well Score. Can you explain a bit more about that and, and why that is now important? Hmm. Well, this one of the one of actually I think the most telling statistics that was both from the real estate professionals and the office workers was almost all of them acknowledged the impact that the office has on our physical and mental health. So I think as a, as an industry, real estate does have a responsibility to really take take note of this. And just this week, we've seen the Lord Stevenson Review published on Thriving at Work. And that has a number of recommendations to look after the mental health of workers. And one of them is actually to provide employees with good working conditions. 
ensure that they have a healthy work-life balance and opportunities for development. So that really echoes what we found in our report. So buildings are starting to move, I think, from being focused on business to now being focused on the people who work in them. And the Well Building Certification is almost a nutritional scorecard for buildings that can do, you know, it just makes sure that it's a healthy environment and it will, it rates it and 22 Bishopsgate has got the Well Building Certification. So, you know, in the future we may see that as a USP for buildings, you know, when they're trying to attract tenants. And it was an interesting point you said, and, and picking up on 22 Bishopsgate, Harry Badham of, of AXA said in, your, in the interview that you did with him that he thinks we're moving from a work-life balance to a work-life integration. I have to say I'm not sure where I, how I feel about that <laughs> because I'm still hanging on to my work-life balance. Do you think we are tipping into work-life integration or are we still in a sort of trying to balance it stage? I think it's certainly moving more towards integration. You know, if you look at the white collar factory that's just been completed by Derwent, they've actually got a running track around the outside of the building. So, you know, you used to do home stuff at home, then you would exercise in the gym, and then you would work in the office. But now, because of technology, I think those boundaries are blurred, and we work at home, we exercise in the office. I, I think work-life integration is, is probably something that's here to stay. Yeah, I know our Bristol office has weekly Pilates classes in one of the meetings rooms, um, so I guess people are slowly, yeah. you've got to. I think it goes back to the point of we all spend so many hours in the office, it cannot just be a nine-to-five, this is where we work and we don't do anything else. Yeah, it has to be absolutely. a blurring of boundaries. You talked about technology and you link back to the, the prop tech how important is that in the office sector? I think it's reached a real tipping point in the office sector. We've seen retail obviously suffer the impact of technology and you've seen traditional retail now not being as attractive an asset class, whereas distribution and logistics, which benefits, of course, from technology and the rise in online retailing, is a really hot sector at the moment. And I think offices are probably going in a similar direction that to attract the best tenants, they really need to embrace technology. And also we need to think about occupy demand as well. 90% of real estate professionals expected occupy demand to come from the technology sector in the next couple of years. And of course, they want different things from their buildings. You know, you mentioned the interview with Google. It's just fascinating how they want their space to be used and how quickly that changes. So we have absolutely got to embrace technology. And of course, millennials are digital natives, unlike ourselves, Danny. So they (laughs) come into the office and it's just what they expect now. So developers. For me, a frightening statistic there that um, millennials check their phones on average 150 times in a working day. (laughs) I cannot believe that. (laughs) I found that... You know, different, and actually, so much of uh, the millennials' way of interfacing with shopping, everything is on their phones now. Yeah, you know, we're 
Um, and one of the unusual statistics that came out was around the impact of deliveries on the office space because mm -hmm. we sort of forget about the post room because we don't actually get a huge amount of post in our day-to-day -day jobs anymore because of course we do everything on email but because of the amount of online shopping post rooms are being inundated with deliveries and we actually asked some questions around delivery times and you, know, you had the baby boomer saying that's okay I'll wait for two days for something to arrive and you had the millennial saying, I want it with me within two hours. So not only does that put pressure on office space, it of course changes the distribution and logistics sector because we need to think about that last mile delivery and how to achieve that. And of course, the next thing that's coming on the horizon for that is drone delivery. I, I saw your question about how many, how, how many people in the real estate sector think that there will be shoots for um, delivery shoots mm. for drones on tops of buildings. Yeah. It wasn't a huge uptake no. on that question, <laughs> but a, a good question asked nonetheless. Yeah. But what that was really interesting, when we asked the question about drones in last year's report... You know, people say, oh, well, yeah, maybe, but it's 10 years away. But, of course, Amazon have already done their first unmanned drone delivery. Yeah. So I think technology changes much quicker than we expect. Yeah. Or the real estate industry is, is moving to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked all about you know, healthy, happy lifestyle in an office and the technology. Putting all that together, how appealing do you think offices are as an asset class? And will they continue to be uh, an asset class? Well, that was one of the questions we asked, actually, of the real estate professionals. And offices only came in fifth as the attractive asset classes. And interestingly, when we started to do this report five years ago, offices were top. Wow. Um, so distribution and logistics have, has risen up in that table and now tops it by quite a margin whereas offices have gone in the other direction but of course as you said earlier we're always going to need offices but we're probably going to need them in a slightly different way which I think now is the time where the sector has to sort of you know embrace the fact that offices are changing and I think it's that embracing of the change that will keep the office sector relevant. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you, because as you said, there's a lot of questions that you asked of the thousand office workers. What did you think uh, was the most surprising statistic to come out of the survey? Well, there was, it was really interesting because what the office workers want didn't always match up with what the real estate professionals thought they wanted. And there's some quite unusual ones. Everybody, um, a lot of the workers want a gym and I have to admit I quite like to have a gym in the office as well real estate professionals don't actually think that's a popular thing but in reality how would we feel about going to the gym with our colleagues so I think maybe it's something that we think we'd like but the reality would we ever actually <laughs> really use it so there was a, a mismatch there uh, and the other one that was an interesting mismatch real estate professionals think that all of everybody was wants bike racks and showers and changing rooms, whereas that actually wasn't particularly sought after from the workers. So it may be that they, you know, there is a mismatch between sort of 
what the two sets think the others want. What most people want, which was interesting, was quiet working space, which, of course, given that we've now moved towards open plan, could call into question whether that's the right way to go. But I think that's why it's not about open plan or offices, it's about different spaces. So here, of course, we have lots of different ways to it. We have the canteen and the coffee shop where you so can work. The coffice. The coffice, yes, we've got our coffice. Um, then we've got collaboration zones, we have quiet rooms, and then also we have our desks. So I think it's open plan doesn't necessarily work, but a combination of different spaces works. The one that I found the most surprising was um, 65% of people said they would be happy with somebody mon data monitoring where they were in the office. Yeah. I couldn't imagine anything worse than someone <laughs> having a piece of kit on me that people can track where I am in the building. Yeah, and if, I, if I want to go and have yeah. my quiet zone, I want to go and hide. I don't mm. want people to find me. And that's what, uh, and I think most real estate professionals as well think that that's an issue for workers, so it was really interesting that so many of them were comfortable with that. And Blackstone have produced a, a really good app at the Chiswick Park development, where it, it not only monitors sort of where people are, and then that's fed back to make sure that the building is run in the most efficient manner, but actually it also does everything from help a worker find an empty desk, because I think they have hot desk in there, and it can all just pre-order coffees for you, so they're waiting when it arrives. So I think big data and the, the collection of that data can be used not only to make the office function and run in a better and more sustainable manner, but it can actually be used to give everyone a, a better experience within the workplace. Yeah. So my final question is having invested so much in this piece of research and, and had all the responses, if you had a magic wand and you could wish for one thing that you've read about in this, in, in your own office, what would it be? Wow, that's such a hard question. Um, so I think one of the stats I quite like is that 55% of office workers were actually worried about the impact of artificial intelligence on their jobs. But actually, I think there are probably parts of our jobs we'd rather not do if someone could take some of the admin away. So I think certainly artificial intelligence to take away me having to do the billing and the time recording would really make my day. <laughs> Thank you, Claire, for your time today. If you'd like to read a copy of our report, it's available on our website on the real estate page, the report Smart, Healthy and Agile. Thanks, Danny.